Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Agents of Mace. Today, we're diving into Loki Season 2, Episode 2, Breaking Brad. And boy, oh boy, is it just as confusing but also exciting as the first episode. Um, We get all kinds of cool nods to stuff. We get lots of Loki being Loki, which is fun. Um, And we get a potential idea for who may be the villain in this season if there is a villain besides from time um but we can talk about that so uh we'll start off with first thoughts so i watched this episode twice um i just finished watching it and there's so much that happens in this but after the second watch, there are a couple of moments that really stuck with me. And I think I'm really going to enjoy this series if they keep with the tone of what they're going for, especially with Mobius and this character. Because there's a moment where he has a conversation with Brad at in McDonald's and I believe it was in McDonald's. There's like that. Maybe it was earlier. But there's one particular line that he says. And it just really hit home with me because it's some stuff, things that I think about a lot. And I I have a prediction. I have a, like a, what I think some connection. And we'll talk about that more at the end. But uh, yeah, yeah, I really, really like this episode. Um, same. I thought that it was I thought that it was a good one. Um, at the end of it, I had to turn to Mason and I was like, I'm so frustrated that they didn't release all these at the same time because I'm dying to watch the next episode right now. Um, but yeah, we got uh, some interesting ideas uh, that were floated in this episode, uh, some really interesting character interactions that I'm excited for us to talk about. And I got one more uh, piece of evidence for one of my theories about Mobius, which we will get to in a moment. Ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, I'm excited that this series is so exciting. I was nervous that it would be kind of boring and it would just be like them walking around talking about how to stop the time stuff from happening. Um, So it's exciting that there's like a lot going on. Um, I was a little bummed 
that we're not like like OB is not going with them. I was really hoping he would be more like in your face character throughout the season as opposed to just being a kind of like every now and then we see like, oh, what's he doing? Oh, okay. He's working on something. Um, but I mean, I get that that could also be, I think we talked about it last time that like, what if OB is Kang? Hopefully not. But, you know, maybe he's back there building stuff or messing with stuff. I don't know. Like, how yeah, does he know like how to do all this stuff with the time? He's trying to salvage the time thingy we saw. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> no, that's a good point because after this episode, it definitely changed my perspective of Kang's potential role as we move forward. Mm-hmm. I. So the bulk of this episode is Loki and Mobius trying to get hunter x5 um brad and basically figure out like what he knows right like that's sort of the plot of this episode um so they have to go into a a different timeline that he is currently i guess like living his actual life if he you know wasn't taken and turned into yeah turned into a, a hunter um and we find out that he's an actor um the year 1977 fun note star wars came out in 1977 so fun little i don't know if i don't know enough about brad in the comics uh i did a little research but i don't know if that's a 77 thing or if this is just a because it's disney they're like yeah we also have star wars (laughs) yeah i think that's just the disney thing (laughs) (laughs) Um, but in this sequence, when they're finding Brad, who's the actor, and he is there to, I guess, the opening night of his new movie, um, Zaniac, we see a couple other little hidden Marvel thingies. Um, we see a poster, uh, from the Eternals, which is, uh, Kingo, and he's, you know, that's like his whole thing is that he's like this actor forever basically um so we see a poster for one of his movies so that's fun i guess they're you know nodding to that movie even though i feel like nothing else is nodding to that movie i think this this feels like a kind of rogers the musical moment like i feel like Mm -hmm. we need to get something like (laughs) let's bring the eternals in in some way like let's get like (laughs) like this could have been a fun post-credit scene or something you know Mm-hmm. which don't get me started yeah <laughs> uh, we'll get there uh the second thing that we get is a super obscure reference that i did not know about so i can't take credit for this but i looked it up uh there was also a poster with an obscure marvel hero called the phone ranger <laughs> um so if you're a huge marvel fan and you know anything about the phone ranger uh, it's a guy named Bell. He was a telephone repair repairman who discovered alien tech, giving him access to all communication devices across the world. So there is a phone ranger uh, movie poster on the wall that they walk past. So, yay, Marvel weird characters. I wish that they would just bring him in, right? Yeah. Like, let's just have the weird movie. phone ranger. Right. <laughs> like, don't just give me a nod. I want all these weird, never heard of before Marvel characters. Yeah. Uh 
I really enjoy this whole like sequence. I think it's really fun because it's like nighttime, 1977, Mm -hmm. like, I don't even know where they're supposed to be. LA, New York city, some big city. Mm -hmm. Um, but it looks cool. Like the set's really cool. You can see where like, maybe they didn't put a whole, I mean, they put a lot of money into this, but Mm -hmm. it does seem very like boxed off for it being them in this like city. You don't really see much of the city. You just see these like one little narrow street or this one little narrow back alley. Um, but I don't think that that like takes away from it. I think it's just like a cool, almost like film noir vibe going on, just not black and white. Um, oh, man, this whole scene could have been, yeah. What if it wasn't black and white? It would have been cool. They would have had to jump further than cool. 77. But <laughs> yeah. But no, it, it, I agree. I think it would have looked cool. It had that whole vibe, you know, they're all walking around in their black suit and tie. And I mean, this whole moment for me, like I'm now I will champion Tom to be Bond. <laughs> like yeah. there's certain moments I was like, yeah, he could, he could be he could pull off a James Bond. Oh, I think he could. I just don't want him to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless they give James Bond superpowers and, and like teleport right. around, yeah, maybe, yeah. First of all, like in my opinion, he already did it because he did the the night manager. And if y'all haven't watched mm-hmm. the night manager yet, it's basically James Bond, mm-hmm. but like more down to earth because there's no like mm-hmm. jumping out of airplanes or stuff like that. <laughs> um, but one thing that's very exciting in this scene is that we get to see Loki actually using a lot of magic, mm-hmm. um, which is something that. All Loki fans want to see more of is him uh, actually getting to use his conjuring skills like uh, King Loki was saying at the end of last season that that's Loki's greatest strength. Um, And he's using it against Brad. And that's great because Brad was well cast in that he has a very punchable face. Everything about (laughs) Brad is very irritating. And so it's good to watch him get magicked into submission. So I had to look up Brad um, because Zaniac just immediately seemed like this seems like it's an Easter egg of a character I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, sure enough, in the comics, Brad Wolf, he's a movie star who's transformed by radiation from the Manhattan Project. He gets super strength and the ability to create knives out of pure energy. He then lives out his role as Zaniac and fights Thor. So there is a possibility that that could happen in this series and that we could get like Zaniac with powers fighting against Loki, not Thor, but you know, same family. Yeah. Which get these little subtle details, even with the music in this episode, it mm-hmm. tends to lean like we could be getting a much darker season because we have these little moments where like they're sitting down eating the key lime pie or they're sitting at McDonald's mm-hmm. drinking milkshakes and it kind of livens it up, but then it's just like the like after these moments, it does tend to get a little bit on the darker side of things. I I will say that it, it does seem a lot like Mobius is the comic relief. Right. And and Loki is the one. I mean, you know, up until a certain point, I feel like Loki is the more serious character. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, they catch Brad, they bring him back, they throw him in a cell, and then Loki interrogates him by pretending like he doesn't know how this machine works that will put you in a box and then crush the box. 
Um, and it the whole time you're kind of like, oh my gosh, like what is? Oh, they're just gonna kill Brad. Okay, like this is crazy. Um, uh, yeah, but then it's like, ha, <laughs> ah, jokes on you. Loki knew how to use the box the whole time. This was Mobius's plan. And then Mobius says like a funny joke, and then they move on. But it's like, oh, I, you guys are, you know, like I said, Loki is getting to be Loki, where like I don't know that Loki is like an outright villain all the time. Yeah, but I don't. He, he's not a hero, right? He's yeah. somewhere in the middle of just kind of like whatever he wants to do, he does. Yeah, um, yeah we see that earlier. Uh, they try interrogating Brad earlier um, with uh, Mobius and Loki, and Brad tells Loki to his face that he needs to stop trying to be a hero, that he is a villain, that he's good at it, and Loki basically does a pretty good job of taking all that in stride. Like he admits that he's done really bad things. But whenever Brad starts picking at Mobius, Mobius loses his head and goes and tries to like attack Brad, which is not expected because Mobius is usually the more cool-headed kind of guy. And then in that key line pie scene, uh, Mobius at first is trying to play the office being a tactical thing. But then he's like, no, I actually just got upset. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting. I wonder if we're going to get more of Mobius's past, maybe. Mm -hmm. And is it going to be something like ridiculous, like he was a jet ski salesman or something, and that's why he has this like jet ski is obsession? That, that ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really sweet in that scene because, like, Loki is like, "Don't you want to know? What if you could have like this great life out there?" And clearly, Mobius is thinking that he's where he needs to be right now. That uh, things going on with the TVA make it to where he shouldn't go and check in with himself. Uh, Mason thinks that he already has. And so he knows what the other life is and is still not choosing to go and live it because of all the other things he's got going on. But yeah, um, my theory is that Mobius is from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Which is supported only by greetings at this point. The key lime pie was no. this episode. I was like, look, look, it's a key lime pie. Why else would he have that? And um also owen wilson is from texas which means he speaks with a very very slight southern twang which you can also get in florida um and the jet ski thing i'm like i i feel like it's a florida thing i think that he's yeah. a florida man um oh but also it. in this very same scene uh, loki talks about whenever he was so mad at his dad and brother that he held manhattan hostage and he's like and that was bad and you know i admit that that wasn't good it does not take into account that Loki was also being influenced by the Mind Stone. They do not talk about that. They do not talk about Thanos's influence. Mm -hmm. um, probably not appropriate for the moment. Like, that would just feel like Loki making excuses if he pointed all that. Like, well, you know, it wasn't all me being bad. Um, mm. But, yeah, just that kind of throwback to where he's kind of looking at the things he's done, or looking back at the things that he's done, and trying to figure out a way to move forward from them is very interesting mm -hmm. yeah i'm for me, i'm 100 percent on board with the uh, mobius from florida definitely <laughs> and <laughs> could be i think yeah oh go ahead well I, yeah this so this is the part which was the big moment for me it's like when they're having this conversation because loki keeps questioning mobius like are you not curious do you want to go see like what your life is in a timeline like 
you know, um, he questions like, you know, what if, what if your life is just bad, but then he flips it and he's like, but what if my life is good? Do I, do I want that to kind of just constantly on my mind? Um, so that does question like, has he actually gone? Does he know, or does he have a glimpse? Um, which I think is really fascinating. I'm pretty confident that Mobius not only has a full life of it, he's married, but he's got kids, but he was a big family kind of guy. And so that's the kind of thing that he would be like possibly returning to. Right. So I do wonder if Jack, the McDonald's manager, is Mobius. Oh, that would be crazy. I think there's there's potentially some clues there and I'm I'm wondering how much we'll get to actually see McDonald's, you know, if it's just going to be like the first two episodes and we're kind of done with that or if that's going to be a recurring thing. I feel like it's a recurring thing and Jack seems to be the one character that we've gotten some kind of like time with. Like I feel like that's got to be something. Yeah. I can see them doing something like that. I definitely agree that Mobius knows what his other life is. I'm thinking that maybe he did something in his other life or. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. has done something with the TVA that he's like, I can't go back to that other life because I know I've done this thing and I have to like make it right. And so he's like paying some penance or something for 
something he did either in a past life or this life. And maybe but, maybe it is one of those things where he has a family and he has to do this to keep them safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah, he could be from the prime timeline and want to keep his family safe. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like we're going to get a lot of a lot of deeper stories with these characters, even though the season's kind of short. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even with Loki, you know, we see Loki kind of going through you know, coming to terms with the fact that he's done a bunch of terrible things, but sort of trying to work through them. Mobius seems like he has a past that we're going to learn about. Sylvie seems like we might figure out something about her because now she's just trying to live this like normal life, even though that's not really where she comes from. I don't know. It's interesting. We're, you know, there's a lot of deep stories going on here, so it's exciting. And hopefully we'll get to see more. Um, we did learn that uh, when Loki and Mobius finally catch up with Sylvie, we learned that Sylvie has killed 400 Minutemen. That's not a small number. <laughs> and I feel like uh, were they all sent after her? And she killed them, or was it before she was involved with them? I don't know. There's a lot going on there, but maybe we'll maybe we'll learn a little bit more about that. Maybe not. Um, while there, they kind of find out that oh, it's sort of a trap, um, and that's I don't remember her name, but the other like head of the TVA person is trying to prune all the timelines. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of crazy. Um, you don't really think about it because you're not seeing any repercussions, but you know, they say it a couple times, like she's killing billions of people. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, and I guess you just have to think that like every timeline that gets erased I guess once the timeline started, all those people are alive then. So if you erase the timeline, you're sort of killing them. Right. I don't know. This that is... that whole part is like it went above my head and then beside my head it's... and then underneath my head. And I was like, I don't know what's going it's on. Bringing up a question of like, who is actually in charge? Like who is making these final decisions? Because mm-hmm. you've got that going on. And then you've got other people realizing that, oh, uh, Miss Minutes is working with, is it Ravenclaw, right? Ravona. Rem- yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they've been working together and Miss, but Miss Minutes is like this AI that's gone rogue and offline. So like what happened there? And then I think it's still fascinating that like you got OB that's kind of like part of building all of this stuff. That's like this mega celebrity to some of these people and they've never met him. Mm-hmm. So what's, who's in charge with all this right right and it's you know ob is like apparently the only one that knows how all of this stuff works mm-hmm. you would think that there would be like one other person which i guess leads back to the like could ob be uh be kang maybe if he built all this he knows how it all works he's the only one i don't know but 
it is wild to think that this machine that is creating the timeline, there's only one person that actually knows how it works and how to fix it. And everyone else just sort of works there. <laughs> mm. So I don't know. I, I hope that we learn a little bit more about the TVA and like get to figure out more of the dynamic of who's in charge. Because, you know, first season, it made it seem like one person was in charge. This season, it makes it seem like there's a like a board of directors that are all in charge. But they kind of make decisions not based on what the other ones want to do, just whatever they want to do. So they're able to stop the pruning. Um, I will say every time we see that little TV screen that shows all the branching timelines, it never seems to get more, but they talk about there being more. And then this time when they pruned it, they were like, oh, they, they got a lot of them, but not all of them. But every time it showed the screen, it kind of looked like they got all of them. And I was like, well, I don't really know what other timelines are out there still. It kind of looked like they got all of them from the screen that we see every time they talk about. Know, it, looked, it looked like the some of them were kind of like it wasn't completely done. It's like the broken timelines. Mm-hmm. Right. Which like then how does that work? Like is yeah. there a a moment where time ends and then another moment where time begins but all those people are from where time ended before? I, it's very confusing. And what would have happened uh, to Sylvie if she tried to go back to her timeline and there was nothing there because she made it back after uh, the thing at the TVA. She was able to go back to her timeline in Oklahoma. But like, what happens if you try to go to a timeline that doesn't exist anymore? Yeah, like, that's You just right. get stuck in the void, a void. I mean, that's a big thing to, to risk whenever she, uh, she just does not want to help the TVA at yeah. all. She did for, she did for just a minute, but um, that's what she has a big confrontation with Loki about how she doesn't want to do that and she wants to stay there and she's happy. Um, and he tries to convince her that this place is going to be destroyed too, because this is outside of the sacred timeline. Um, and she's kind of like, no, everything's going to be fine because I killed Kang and now everything can always happen. Everything, <laughs> everywhere, all at once. <laughs> well, we we do see Sylvie back in her timeline and this is where I am kind of like, oh, could this be could Sylvie be the villain in this series? You know, one of the last things we see is that she has Kang's little talisman mm-hmm. clicky device thing. So I saw online a bunch of people are thinking like, oh, she's going to, you know, she was just holding on to that. And eventually she'll come to help the TVA when they need it because she has this ability to be able to be there with the time device or whatever. But in my mind, I was like, what if she thinks I could do this better and she becomes the villain by trying to like either take over the TVA or start her own sort of time control I mean, she had, we don't really know what the talisman can do, right? Like, it's just a, a, a time device. So, can it just send well, her I to different places? I think it, um, well, first of all, Renslayer. I don't know why I went the other, like, Harry Potter route. Renslayer <laughs> is what I was thinking. Which appears in Lucy Renslayer. Like, I just want to know more about the Renslayer Miss Minutes thing. Um, but I'm pretty sure the talisman would allow, 
Sylvie to go in between any timeline, like like any of them in any, I guess, dimension. Um, but I I do like the the uh, Elisa's question of like what happened what what would happen if she goes somewhere that doesn't exist anymore? Like where would that what would that do? But I'm leaning like I feel like he who remains had to have known Sylvia would take it. Like this has to be part of a big plan that that Kang's really in control of. So I'm expecting yeah. that she may go after because essentially she's like, if if a if I see any variant of Kang, I'll just kill that person. Well, I feel like she's gonna go up against a version that she just can't, and they'll reclaim the talisman and go take over. Yeah. But yeah. If Kang has ever been a big part of the TVA and how it's controlled with the, all these timelines, like, does that put in concern on him if it's going, if it's breaking? <laughs> like, would he want to get back and fix it? Because does that disrupt his agenda? That's what yeah, I mean, at this yeah, point, we don't that's... really know what his agenda <laughs> is anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, is it just conquering everything or what? I mean, hopefully, hopefully we get some sort of answers with these, you know. But, uh, you know, I also there's like a lot that they've sort of opened the door to with all of these character stories individually. So I wonder if we're going to get more focus on that for now and then maybe overall answers later on. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think that Ravon has gone to join Kang. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, that's what she does in the comics is that she's like there mm. with Kang and she's on his side. So that's kind of what I think she's doing because I think she's looking for him. She's going to find him and then realize that that was the only way that she can actually run the TVA as intended is if she's with Kang. I could see that. Uh, there's a lot going on. <laughs> especially with you know we still know kang dynasty and all that stuff so who knows what the future holds but hopefully we'll get some more answers next week on episode three fingers crossed <laughs> and then there's so uh, this episode is like it just feels like you keep peeling back the layers it brings up a lot of other questions right because what it's like what if like anyone from like the avengers or something realized this was going on like what kind of thought does that put in your head of like what timeline am i in and oh like they just broke this thing that controls it and then we're all doomed and like what do i do like uh, yeah i'm I mean, it's the it's the perfect place for them to insert some sort of fantastic four thing but i know that they won't but <laughs> That would be wild. <laughs> like, oh man. Um. Well, does uh, there anything else that we missed for this episode? Well, we did not get another post-credit scene. Yeah, we didn't. I did like pay attention through the credits though to see if there's any changes. I didn't really see any changes, like anything new in the in the in credits. Mm -hmm. Not all the same, and then it went straight to black, and I was like, yep. "Why?" 
Why do you tease us? Why do you give us a, in a post credit scene in the first episode and nothing the rest of the season? Yeah, so annoying. Um, well, do we remember what our question was last week? It was about our historical era, I think. Yes. Yeah. What's where would we want to live? Um, well, I can go first because I know exactly where I'd want to go. <laughs> hmm. I'd want to live in feudal Japan only because I'd want to be or see. I'd probably die, but you know, I want to see some samurai action. Oh man, that's a good answer. I have no, I gotta think more on this. I didn't put in much <laughs> thought into it. This, well, how about you, Elisa? Well, I mean, there, there are certainly tempting eras what i like to go back and see what it was like to go see like shakespeare on on like in the globe theater yeah but i like to go back to like the regency and all of the you know formal courtship and all that cuteness of the jane austen times yeah that'd be neat but i think I, if i was going to live somewhere it would need to be sometime in the era of antibiotics and so <laughs> i think i think we're at like the sweet spot would be if I could be like a teenager in the 50s and then like a lady in the 60s and then be really old in like the 80s and 90s and complain about skateboard punks and stuff like that. <laughs> I think I'd be really, really into that. The Forrest Gump era, we can call it. Yeah, yeah. Huh. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like I'd be kind of, I don't know the right, what era this would be in. But it's kind of like more of like the, I don't even know if we even had, I don't know history that well. <laughs> like if there's anything to deal with like knights and that kind of realm of things of just being able to roam around and that. Okay, like the medieval little bit yeah. before that, before it got all dark and plaguey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before, yeah, basically like before the plague. <laughs> I think that would be an interesting time timeline to go back to. I got bad news, y'all. There were lots of plagues. Yeah. <laughs> and I bet it all stunk. Yeah. I got a brunch <laughs> up on, especially with like, uh, I'm actually very excited for the Napoleon movie coming out. I do need uh, to get back to some history and brush up on some stuff because I remember learning about Napoleon in school, but I have forgotten all of it. I don't think I ever uh, learned. <laughs> Well, um, really quick, I have to dip so we can either wrap this up or I can let you guys wrap it up. What do you guys want to do? I think we're ready to wrap. So <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, question for next week. How about we do what uh, anything any, of any time from the first McDonald's ever until now? What is your order? <laughs> you can have anything you want from McDonald's. What are you ordering from McDonald's? I already have my answer. This is so easy. <laughs> <laughs> so let us know on social media. Be sure to uh, listen next week so you can hear our answer and you can hear us break down episode three of season two of the Marvel Disney Plus series Loki, which so far I think has been my favorite of the newer series. So, and we're only two episodes in. 
but that does it for us this week. Thank you all for listening. See you guys next time. Bye.